In the next few minutes, I'm going to show you three things you should never do if you want to understand philosophy. Now, whether you're reading Aristotle or Nietzsche or Arendt, stick around. These are necessary fixes that will make the immediate impact on your reading performance. Let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well Podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host, where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Hey, everyone, and welcome back. I appreciate all of you for joining me on today's show. Now, if this is your first time here, I warmly welcome you to the Read Well podcast, where we believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. That just means that we are really trying to absorb the information in our books rather than read them quickly and check them off of a reading list. So, Today, I'm going to cover three bad habits that kick in as we read, and these are really affecting your ability to understand complicated books. I'm using philosophy because, well, philosophy is complicated usually, and I've been getting into it more and more lately, so it's a nice playground to talk about today. Bad habit number one is to always read in silence. I learned this as a child, right? I think I've seen kids get shamed for doing things like reading with their finger or reading out loud. Like there's something wrong with that. And adults especially, like they get laughed at if they're reading with their finger. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. I read with my finger all the time and I also like to read out loud. Now I bring this up because I have a nine-year-old who's in fourth grade and I'm watching him go through the process of public education learning to read. And the experience he's having is that they want him to focus on his reading speed. They're always trying to get him to read faster. So we have to clock his speed and figure out how many words per minute he's getting. And it's frustrating because he's so focused on trying to read quickly that the comprehension is just not there. And that's a problem because we read faster than we think. We definitely read faster than we talk. At least I know I do. I can see a word and my brain instantly sees it, registers it, and knows what it is. If I have to speak it out loud, that information comes to my brain much slower. Now, like I said, I've been trying to read more philosophy lately, and I have found it challenging, to be honest. It's not always easy for me, but I think it's worth the effort And a few weeks ago, I was sitting in my living room and I'm reading in silence like I always do. And I am realizing that it's just not opening up to me. The information is just not presenting itself. I'm trying to take notes. I'm trying to really go slow, but it's not happening. And I'm getting frustrated because it reminds me of a passage from Nietzsche's The Genealogy of Morals. This is a a really great piece of text on where our moral systems come from. But to begin in the, I think it's in the introduction if I remember correctly, Nietzsche gives us a framework for how to study philosophy, especially his philosophy. I'd like to read this to you really fast. and Well, not fast, ah, nope. <laughs> We're gonna read slowly and with purpose, but I, I wanna point this out before we get into this bad habit number one. This is coming from Nietzsche. He says, an aphorism properly stamped and molded has not been deciphered when it has simply been read. So an aphorism is something that is very attributed to Nietzsche. He likes to take these small sort of pithy sayings and pack them full of meaning. He liked to make aphorisms. 
He goes on to say that rather one has then to begin its exegesis. So he's pointing out that, you know, if you read this aphorism once and you glaze over it, you're completely missing the meaning. You need to slow down and begin this process called exegesis. Exegesis is a word that I had to look up. I didn't know what that meant, and it was it's just really this process of taking an idea and breaking it down into its individual parts, looking at it from every angle and putting it back together again in your own frame of reference. Nietzsche wanted us to do this so that we would spend time with his ideas, but he didn't think we were really capable of doing that. In fact, he felt even in his time that this art of deep thinking was sort of thinning out. He goes on to say, to be sure, one thing is necessary above all, if one is to practice reading as an art in this way. Something that has been unlearned most thoroughly nowadays, and therefore it will be some time before my writings are quote-unquote readable. Something for which one has almost to be a cow, in any case, not a modern man, and that is rumination. So, wait, what the heck is he saying? Well, he's saying that in modern times, we have unlearned the ability to learn. We are going so fast, trying to be so efficient and so effective that we are missing the deeper meaning of these powerful concepts. And so, he says we need to act more like a cow than the modern man. And then he applies this word called rumination. To ruminate means to sit with something and chew on it. So I picture a cow with, you know, some cud in its mouth or whatever it's called, and it's just, you know, slowly chewing and grinding on this thing for hours. But that makes sense, doesn't it? That's how we should be reading this philosophy. Slow down and chew on it. So yeah, for me, I realized that I was reading too quickly in my head silently as I sat at my desk or on my couch. And I decided to read out loud. And what that did is it made the words tactile. I could feel them in my mouth. And it made me slow down because I am a much slower speaker than I am a thinker or a reader. So I had to sort of march through each word, pronounce it, and sort of form it in my brain. And the beautiful thing is that when I would come across a word I didn't know, especially a word I had never seen before or could pronounce, I struggled with it because I had to get the sound out. That process pointed out to me in my brain, hey, Eddie, this is a new concept, something you don't understand, you should probably hit pause and look this up. If I had been reading silently, I would have missed that. I would have just glazed over it and cruised through the page and said, ooh, look at me, I'm reading Nietzsche. But now that I'm reading out loud, I'm you know scratching my head going, what on earth is this word exegesis? Hey everyone, I want to take just a quick second in the middle of this podcast to tell you about Highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add I-S-H at the end. Highlightish.com is the tool that I use to make better book notes and to organize my writing. It's where I go to capture my favorite passages, annotate them, and then to turn that research into essays, blog posts, or research papers. If you're someone that wants to get more out of the books that you love and you want to turn that into great output, go to Highlightish.com today. Thanks for listening and let's get back to the show. Bad habit number two has to do with your energy level as you read. We often associate reading with sort of curling up on a comfy couch with some hot chocolate or whatever, wrapping yourself up in a blanket by the fireplace and curling up with a good book, right? This can be great if you're reading something attributed to that setting. 
However, complicated texts such as philosophy or if you're a college student, your, you know, your homework, whatever it is, really needs a different kind of setting. And so I always try to read this complicated stuff at a desk sitting up in bright lights. And I was doing this in my office, actually in the Readwell headquarters here that I had just recently built, sitting at the new desk, enjoying the time, and I'm about 10 minutes in, and all of a sudden, I start to feel a little sleepy. Well, why am I feeling sleepy? I, I think it was because it was so quiet. I'm the only person in this headquarters, by the way. Most of my staff, well, all of my staff and my partners all work remotely around the country. So this, this headquarters is just a place for me to create. So it can be dead silent in here, especially since it is a recording studio. So I've hung up like recording foam everywhere and sound blankets to try and make this look and sound as good as possible. So yeah, it can be really lonely in here at times. And when nobody's looking, of course, I absolutely put on 80s music and have some little dance parties in here. But that is between me and nobody else. But that wasn't happening at this point. I was sitting at my desk in complete silence reading philosophy. And it was great for the first 10 minutes. But then, like I said, my energy level began to dip. I began to feel tired. And I think another reason why is because reading technical texts take work and mental effort is expensive. Taking time to think through something complicated uses more energy than I think we are often aware of. I wasn't aware that I was doing that. I didn't realize I was expending so much emotional and mental energy on this book, and 10 minutes in, I was beginning to crash. I even had caffeine sitting next to me, and it wasn't doing much. Now, the information was not boring, it was riveting, but still my energy was dipping down below where I wanted it to be. So bad habit number two is to continue sitting on that couch or in that chair and doing nothing as you read. That's a bad habit because it really does not allow your brain and your body to get oxygenated and to get some blood moving. So many people will of course say to stand up and shake it out, right? To, to go for a quick walk around the block or whatever to reinvigorate the brain and the body. After all, this is what Nietzsche did. He would work all morning long and then he would take a long walk in the afternoon, proclaiming that most of his great ideas usually came when he was on his walk. Well, I thought I would try that, but I didn't really have time to go out and go for a walk. My day was really packed and busy. So instead, what I did is I began to walk in my office back and forth while I was reading. I was pacing, right? Just from wall to wall, going slowly, and trying to understand this text. And what I found is that that slow movement of my body, which kept the oxygen going and the blood moving, for some reason, whatever reason, helped me to understand the philosophy better. So yes, if you are really trying to understand something, the first change is to read out loud. The second change is to pace back and forth slowly so that you keep your energy level up. Now, the final tip is my favorite. It has really made a difference in my life. And I, I honestly, I feel very blessed to be able to have this opportunity. I have a love-hate relationship with this tip, and it is killing me because I see it affecting us in positive ways and I see it affecting us in negative ways. But as a philosophy student, it's a very positive thing, well, at least in my opinion. And that is to actually use artificial intelligence to help you be a better 
philosophy student. Now, before you go, eh, I hate artificial intelligence. Let me make a case for this. We are reading something complicated here. So let's say you're, you know, I don't know, you're into Martin Heidegger or somebody who's just really deep in the weeds of something complex. These philosophers can really be complicated. And if you were by yourself, which you probably are reading this stuff, it can be an even greater challenge. I don't have many like-minded people in my life that want to sit down and read this stuff with me. This is why I created the Readwell podcast. I'm trying to meet you people. I want to surround myself with like-minded thinkers. But in my small town, I don't know anybody reading this stuff. So I can't just go out to lunch with a friend and begin to chat about, you know, Heidegger's ideas or David Hume's ideas. It's just not happening. So I have a beautiful opportunity to open up my laptop and have a conversation with pretty much an all-knowing being. When I go to ChatGPT and I type in the phrase, you know, I'm currently studying whatever, whatever passage it is out of Nietzsche, and he used this word exegesis. What does he mean by that word exegesis? I can then have ChatGPT give me a full answer because it knows all of this text. It's got all of Nietzsche's text built into it as well as Heidegger and everybody else. It knows what's going on and it can explain to me these really complicated ideas. And the best part is I can throw questions back to it and continue the conversation back and forth. If it tells me what exegesis means, I can then expand on that and learn more. So the third bad habit is to read by yourself, to only keep these thoughts in your head and to try and figure it all out by yourself which is a really challenging thing to do, to be quite honest. You're gonna learn much faster and at a deeper rate if you can use ChatGPT or something similar to have these meaningful conversations with. If you had a very profound, very um, sort of learned you know, philosophy professor in your town and they were your friend, by all means, go to lunch because that would be better than ChatGPT in my opinion. Having a real human is always going to be better, but I don't have that. Hey, if you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate a major, major favor on your end. If you could go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, letting me know how we're doing and just giving the show a little bit of a boost. Podcasts really thrive on the rating system, especially in the iTunes or Apple Podcasts world, whatever that is. Uh, just go to Apple Podcasts, search up the Readwell Podcast and give us a review of some kind. If you think I'm doing a good job, give us a five-star rating. If not, be honest. I want to know what I can do to be better for you. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. Happy reading, and I'll see you next time. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.